Hanai. What up, what up, fam? How are you guys doing? I hope you're having an amazing week and came back from a restful weekend. I am really stoked about my guest this week. And I just had to have my brother back, Dennis. Dennis is my middle brother who brought me to the world of podcasts when I low-key judged him for being a weird introvert and in his headphones all the time. But Dennis, now I'm in the world of podcasts because of you, bro. <laughs> quiet, quiet, quiet. I got to hear this. Rewind, <laughs> rewind. 15 seconds back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got me into this. And is it weird for you to be on my podcast now? Um, it's Yeah. Totally, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm but a fly on your guys's vaginal wall. <laughs> I don't know what to say. It's a lot of sex talk. You know, I but do. I get, I get that's where you guys come from. Well, right? if you guys have just tuned in, thank you so much for coming to listen, Hanay. And please do subscribe because it helps me to understand who my fans are and what you guys want to listen to. And what Dennis is saying, he is accurate. I absolutely do talk a lot about sex here because I realized in reaching out to my fan base that you guys love deep conversation and insightful thinking like I do. And because you guys are so great at commenting on my Instagram when I post my podcast, and you also DM me and let me know what you think about the podcast, I'm able to customize my podcast to suit you. So I've learned that because of my listeners, we love to talk about relationships. You guys love to improve yourselves. You love to be self-aware, to grow and evolve. You also love to talk about sex because you dirty birds like me. <laughs> you want to learn more to have healthy, intimate relationships. And you also want to learn about relationships, period, which is why I want to introduce to you today my guest, Amy Laurent Match. She's Amy Laurent Match on Instagram, but she's really Amy Laurent. What up, Amy? Hi, how are you? I'm good. So you're my first call in, Amy. I feel like we're literally like dating ourselves back to radio days right now, but you're my first call in because you're chilling in New York right now. Yes, I am. And I really want to thank you for joining me because I find your business so fascinating. So for those of you who are new to the podcast, Amy Laurent is a celebrity matchmaker, an author, and relationship expert, and she's a media commentator. I'm reading right off of your Instagram bio because I feel like that's where okay. you really put some serious <laughs> thought into who the fuck you are. So tell us, what do we need to know about Amy Laurent? What is your business about? So if you can only imagine, let's say, take one or two of your best friends, and let's say they put you in charge of finding them the perfect person. Imagine what that would be like, and the pickiness, and oh my gosh, if it doesn't work. And that's just like picturing doing that for two or three friends, not 30 individuals that are paying you a lot of money. So it's a lot of pressure. <laughs> totally. Amy, I wanted to have you on the show today because I want to ask you some very basic questions about relationships that we need to get right because you sound like you have to dial that down so quickly in order to make matches and not fuck up, right? And number two, Correct. I want to ask some questions to learn what is the difference between what you're doing on your side of your work to get successful matches versus what we're doing when we work on our own. Make sense? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so let's start with this because I want to get to know how Amy thinks. Who is your favorite celebrity couple and why? Oh, I love Jessica Biel um, and Justin and recently who got married at this beautiful place in, I think it's South Carolina. I went to a client wedding there just recently, Justin Bieber and Haley. Honestly, what? I know people would be like, oh, that's lame. But they are a fantastic couple. Why? Borkay. So I'm a big believer in you need to date someone who has 
obviously core values similar, but they also need to be different. You don't want to date your twin. Usually musicians, you don't want to date other musicians. I feel like those two. Wait, did you you just say musician? (laughs) What's wrong with musicians? What's wrong with artists? You're getting a little close to home here. I know, but I want to hear. I want to hear. There's nothing wrong with musicians. And at the end of the day, people might think the theory is that, okay, well, if I'm an art, a musical artist and I date someone else, they're really going to, you know, understand and understand my schedule. But the thing is, is that sometimes you find two uh, of similar people competing with each other. I believe in the yin and the yang in relationships. And, guys, that means considering people that are a little bit different from you is I think it's a beautiful thing and I think works. So Amy, what do you feel is a celebrity couple that is not a good match or that you saw it coming? Or, no, actually, oh I want to know a celebrity couple that's still together today where you're a little cringing like, ooh, I hope this works out because they feel really different. Yeah, 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 because that's actually what I'm thinking. Okay. So I'm like, uh, do I really want to say okay. that out loud? Yes, but, you do. Um, it's your opinion. It doesn't mean, I mean, come on. You can't have that kind know, of juju on someone. I know, I know, I know. Um, but, okay, I hope I don't rub anyone the wrong way. So, J-Lo. Oh, A-Rock. okay. Tell us why. I don't like it. I don't like it. But why? Um, it's, uh, I just picture, and no offense, I love Jennifer Lopez. I love you. Um, but listen, there's two really, really big egos coming into a room. And like I said, there's nothing wrong with being super confident, super outgoing. But generally what I see are those types do really, really well with a partner who is confident but has more of that understated confidence, quieter confidence. Those two types of personalities make an amazing match. I don't know how Jennifer Lopez and A-Rod, you know, are doing behind closed doors. I hope they're doing great. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't like it. Got you. So you're a celebrity (laughs) matchmaker. How did you get into your business? How do you find yourself qualified to matchmake and then get into the world of celebrities? So this is an unusual career in that there's really not a class you can take or school for it. And in fact, I think any type of class for this type of thing would pretty much be terrible because this is the business of intuition, of being able to understand people. So if you already have this innate ability and you have this curiosity of what makes people tick, that is about half the battle of being successful in this industry. Yes, you have to have a business mind. Yes, you have to be entrepreneurial, you know, roll up your sleeves and, you know, figure out what works best for you. I've been doing this for 15 years. I can tell you right now that the first couple of years, you know, I was still figuring things out, but I always had a, a desire to understand what makes people tick. And I can promise you, I was... In the first grade, I was seven, eight years old when I always had this curiosity. Um, and I was 18 and 28 when I always had that DNA chip of being fascinated by people and having an understanding and compassion and empathy for people that are nothing like you, but you still have that connection. I've always had that. 
Let's bring this back to your business. So the reason why when I read your bio and I also looked through your work and I searched you on Google, I did a little stalking. Amy, I'm fascinated by your ability to match celebrities up, to match relationships together and to lock them down so that you have a high success rate. So I want to ask you to the everyday people like ourselves, what makes a person attractive? And I'm asking you this for a couple reasons. Number one. All of my single friends, I either think they don't find themselves attractive or I don't find them attractive because of the vibe they give off. <laughs> now, let me, now, now, let me explain this, though, Amy. Hold on. I'm not talking about looks at all. I'm talking about okay. the energy you give off on whether or not you like yourself or you find yourself interesting immediately makes me feel if you come off attractive at the grocery store or at the club or at your workplace. Does that make sense? It's absolutely true. And okay. people, you know, aren't really aware, especially when they're going out in the dating world and they have, you know, they talk about it with their friends privately and say, oh, dating sucks. Oh, all the guys are crap. And they, and they carry around this like chip on their shoulder and then they want to go out on a, on a blind date with someone and think, gee, you know, why doesn't anyone like me or why it's, it's, you don't even have to be talking about those complaints you do privately with your friends, but you have that energy that just people pick up on that. That's a real thing. So you're absolutely right. Okay, exactly. So I want to say that and adversely, I also want to say that people that do think they're attractive and put themselves out there on dating apps or out on front street or whatever their method is. I think they're hanging the wrong things. I think that when they're like, ooh, my looks are so good. I And because I carry myself like I know I look good, I'm attractive. Or because I've got a lot of money and I'm in a place where I could take you and out and wine and dine you, I'm attractive. Or because I'm, I don't know, whatever it is that people think is attractive, actually, I don't think is what attracts people who would want to be in a serious relationship with you. And adversely, when you don't find yourself attractive, you give off the vibe like you're not attractive. So I want to ask you as a matchmaker to the average person, what makes us attractive and how do we find that within ourselves? I think it can go either way with people that don't, you know, love themselves enough or people who love themselves too much. Um, right. And that does reflect certainly on online profiles and all of that stuff. Um, so I would say key things that someone can immediately focus on and do to make themselves more attractive in a genuine way. People who are happy mm. on their own. And we all want to be loved. We all want, you know, to meet our soulmate and not to enjoy the things in life with a partner. Of course we want that. But there's a difference between wanting that and needing that. Mm. Um, you know, people pick up on the energy of someone who is genuinely happy, worked on themselves. It's like, sure, I would love to meet the right person, but I'm not looking for someone to make me happy. That is so attractive to other people that pick up on that and they might not know what they're picking up on, but they're like, wow. This person's just got this, like, energy, this light about them. And also, too, I feel like, you know, women that present themselves with 
a ton of selfies online, um, you know, where it's all like, look at me, look at me, look at me. I can't tell you how many men have told me, okay, one of the parameters of a person I'm looking for, let me describe it in a nutshell, Amy. I don't want someone that has a bunch of selfies on Instagram, on social media. That's, it's now they use that to just describe a type. Right. And I absolutely agree that, you know, and I don't judge anyone. So if you are posting a bunch of selfies, you're not a bad person. Like, God bless you. I'm not perfect. No one's perfect. I'm not judging. But what, you know, testament to what you said earlier is sometimes I'll see women that do that and they're like kind of obsessed with it. And then they tell me, oh, I'm looking for a guy who is, you know, from a great background, very um, down to earth. And I think to myself, I'm hearing what sometimes people are saying they want the type of person, but they don't understand that what, how they're presenting themselves, a person like that wouldn't go for something like that. You know? Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, and and yeah. sorry to interrupt you, but I just want to say back to what you said about being happy. Have you, how many times have you guys heard all my listeners out there? How many times have you guys heard like when you're not trying or when you're in a relationship and you're happy, all of a sudden, people come out of the woodworks, men or women come out of the woodworks, and you start getting hit on. Like, you're like, this is so weird. Why is it that after I got married, now I'm getting hit on? Or why is it that now I'm in a relationship, all these boys be coming to the yard? Like, yo, it's really right. just because of what you just said, which is a vibe. You are giving off a vibe that you don't need another person, that you actually are cool with yourself, that you are actually happy. And that's essentially what people want. It's not just it's a big booty. It's, it, it's not a big booty. It's not money. It's not, they may think they want a pretty trophy to sit next to or a plus one in life or a cuddle bunny buddy or, you know, um, someone to be a boyfriend for a while. But really at the end of the, our life, we really just want a partner that's going to make us happy. Absolutely. And I, energy is a real thing. People don't understand the power. They're like, oh, that's such a cliche. Like, oh, I have to be happy, whatever. It's not going to make a difference. Try it. Try it for a day. Um, I remember a an assistant that, a previous assistant that used to work for me a few years ago, was feeling kind of down that day. She was feeling ugly. She was feeling like, oh, I look like crap. And she was reading a book that, um, and I don't recall the title, but a popular book that is talking about your thoughts or things, right, and energy, and if you're catching yourself thinking these thoughts, change it. Rewind the tape. Well, you don't know what tape is. I'm aging myself. Rewind the, rewind the VCR. Uh, but rewind it, and put, so she said, she was on the subway. She told herself, okay, stop telling myself I'm ugly and that I look like crap. So she's like, okay, I'm telling myself in my head, I'm beautiful. I am beautiful. I'm stunning. I'm gorgeous. I'm beautiful. And she said she walked out of the subway and someone approached her and said, are you, are, are you into modeling and gave a business card, like a legitimate, 
And she's like, it was the the most twisted thing, and it freaked me out that I just sat there telling myself in the subway over and over, I'm beautiful. And by the way, she is. So it's all about how we feel about ourselves. And I and I guarantee you, there are women out there that you can look at them and go, oh my God, they're stunning, but they they don't feel that inside. Right, right. Oh my God, you've got so much juiciness I got to squeeze out of you because I know so many questions to ask. <laughs> I have so many questions to ask you, but I've got to take a quick break. So stay right there, Amy. You guys don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, welcome back, everybody. Amy Laurent, celebrity matchmaker, relationship expert. I'm so, so stoked to talk to you about dating. I have a majority of friends who are single. I don't know why, but they're just, here in LA, all my friends are single. So I want to ask you, when it comes to dating, what do you think the biggest problem is, men or women? What is the issue we're having? So I think people are prejudging when they are looking online or the dating apps they're looking for the perfect person and they don't understand they're passing on people that would have been amazing for them. Why are we doing that though? Are we, are we pretty much canceling them as soon as they answer the first question wrong or have a weird habit? Is that what it is? You know, it's that. And also, um, pictures. Sometimes if it's not a perfect picture. It's like people are swiping oh. so quickly. And I think they're making huge mistakes on passing on some of these ideas. Okay. So if you were to give your greatest girlfriend some tips on how to improve their dating life, what would they be? Okay. Well, first of all, you know, the truth is that you, you're not going to meet anyone staying home all the time. Tuh. So yes, for the people in the back, girl. Yes, that's so true. <laughs> Dating apps actually I mean, kind of screw us up because they're making us stay at home swiping when we really should be connecting. Correct. And I feel like people get so, it's almost like they get numb using the dating apps. They get lazy. They don't make wise decisions on who they're picking and who they're not picking. And it totally removes on, you know, how it used to be where people were more open. People went to parties. I think going to someone's house party or a more quaint, smaller party is a great way to meet people. Okay. Volunteering, doing something active, mm. boot camp. People are sitting at home and swiping and they're missing all of these opportunities. Absolutely. So get out more. And what would you say is a second tip we could do immediately to improve dating? Well, I would say for both men and women, if you're not using me, you have to become a better screener. People are not good at screening for the dates online, on Bumble, using anything. You have to use your head on, okay, if... 
someone is, yeah, you have to judge on what they're saying in their profile, by the way. Um, you can tell who's serious or not. You can kind of tell who's a player or not. If it's like screaming red flags, we shouldn't be doing this. If you are messaging someone and they're just super casual with you. If they're super casual with you then that's kind of a red flag that they may not be as serious as you want them to be or that you're looking for them to be? Is that what you're saying? Yes, I think it's a non-starter. I mean, listen, you have to be efficient for yourself if you're going to be doing the screening. You can waste a couple of years by going out with people you knew and your intuition and everything about their style, their approach with you, their manners. You already knew that this person likely isn't the type of person for you. But you can waste. Wait, wait, we got something to say. Hold on. Okay, go. You, Dennis, first. Well, no, my... Okay, yeah, no, you make really good points. But for me, it's like uh, I have a bad taste in my mouth from using matchmakers because sometimes the matchmaker is like better a better version of you, right? So you're like oh, lazy with this person. they're like your agent. And then they hook up with the person. Oh. What, if, <laughs> what do you mean? Like let's say you're your friend, right? Your friend, and you're like, hey, I want to talk to a girl, blah, blah, blah. He goes talk to her, and then they end up like building a connection, right? So it's like... That could happen, I, but a good I, matchmaker that's professional, like Amy Laurent, wouldn't go match herself. <laughs> but that, that I do. True? I have never, is that true, Amy? I have never done that it's in kinda 15 cool, though, Amy. years. Amy, it's kind of cool. Say, I'm giving you the I'm tip also to do a it. Business person, not saying I'll. I'll mention the nicer saying that you don't get your bread where you buy your meat. Oh, <laughs> or oh, put it gotcha. the other way around. You don't get your meat where you buy your bread. Gotcha. There's another saying for it, but I'm not going to use that one. Amy, um, I, I've never done. 15 years. So that's like, that's not even a concern. Sure, sure, for sure. But I, I know what you're saying, Dennis, in that. I'm, it, I guess I'm not talking about professional matchmaker, but I thought, you know what I mean? Like, when you have a friend yeah, going. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but you're not wrong, Dennis. When you ask a friend to go and introduce somebody for you, they might present a better side of yourself than yourself, than you would. Oh, uh, 99.9%. For sure. Your friend yeah. is always going to say better things about you and present and, you cooler than who you actually are. But this is why, Amy, I ask you hard-hitting questions because I'm sick of these motherfuckers asking their friends to go send somebody because it makes you look childish, number one. And number two, you need to learn how to represent yourself in the best way because you, Amy, wouldn't even take on somebody if they didn't represent themselves enough for you to sell them, correct? Correct. Now... You know, if they bring enough to the table and they need a few friendly tips, I'll, I can provide that for them. Sure. So it's a judgment call on, okay, who is this person? But at the end of the day, whether you're using me or online, yeah, people have to be aware of how they're coming across, how they're approaching. And by the way, another pet peeve is if you're messaging with someone, really, you can't even put the effort to capitalize I and you use the word you for you. Like, oh. you're really that lazy already right. to write out Y-O-U. Um, I know it sounds like nitpicking. And again, we want to make sure that people are dating not being judgmental, but these types of things are so obvious and uh, sort of the no-brainer thing. Okay. Wait, I want to go back to something you said, and I want to get your assessment on the way I look at it because I get a lot of criticism for the way I date. Now, being in L.A., 
and having dated for the first 10 years that I lived in LA, then I was married for 10 years and then I dated for like two years and now I'm in a serious relationship. I will safely say I had a bomb dating experience. Like I, I, sure I met people that didn't match for me, but I really enjoyed my dating experience. But I also do something that everybody tells me not to do or advises you not to do. I lay it all out on the first day. I'm really, (laughs) girl, I'm serious. I, when I date, I am exactly who I am to almost the cringy parts on the first date. Now, here's the difference. I don't sit there and talk about myself with my flaws and my woes and my setbacks and my mess ups. I interact with the other person based on the things I've learned and the mistakes I've made. And the, ooh, I'm going to tell you something really embarrassing about myself, but you've got to tell me something about you. That kind of feel. So here's the difference. I've always been advised in relationships that you always kind of hold back on telling them too much, present your best sides, and then as you get to know them, open up a little bit more. I fucking find that the worst advice ever. I find that all the dates that I've had when I was vulnerable and I was in a humorous way being real about my divorce, being real about the fact that I work a lot, man. And I've had guys tell me like, yo, I need to be more of a man in your life. Like, what does that mean? You know, when I tell guys that, I've had the best deep conversations with men that either quickly gave us a great introduction or gave us a great dating experience and quickly got us to figure out whether or not we were right for each other. So you assess me. Is that right or wrong advice for me to give to other people when it comes to their first dates? I think the way you approached it is fine, but I hesitate to kind of give that blanket statement advice to everybody because there's so many people that don't know how to walk that fine line of, all right, I'm going to show up and be me and words and everything. Like I'll tell them about like, you know, my gripes with my flaws and people have a hard time walking that line. We don't want anyone to behave like, oh, I want to get this person to like me. So let me just like act differently than I am true to my own nature. We don't want that. So if you are gregarious or you want to be goofy and playful, we want you to show that because that's who you are. But um, as you said, it didn't mean that you told your date about, you know, it was just walking the line of what is not first date conversation. It's too much info. Like info overload is unfair to your date to just walk in and say, I'm gonna just throw everything out there. That's not that's not really fair to do to someone that's just trying to process the information of who you are. But what if it's not information overload? What if it's what if it's you listen to what if it's an equal exchange of information yeah. and with a slight tinge of vulnerability. Like, I don't want to know your resume of achievements and all the good stuff. I want to know an exchange of the things that make you a little embarrassed to tell me or something that you just recently learned or something that you're working on with yourself right now or what your last relationship was and what you would have done differently if you wanted to. Is that bad to ask on the first date? It's not bad to ask if it's a similar experience okay. like you had. 
I'm willing to bet that you went with the flow. So you're basically mirroring off what that person was giving back, which allowed you to go deeper and deeper in the conversation. I wouldn't say if you took a completely different guy that on that first date, would you have been able to have that same exact date in exchange? Maybe not, but but that's kind of, you, you, you decipher that and decide that. And then you guys go in a natural flow. So some days you'll be like, oh, my God, I can't believe we went that deep. And we, like, talked about and I got vulnerable because he got vulnerable and we were both fascinated with each other. Truly, that's different than another guy where you're like, all right, I can see, like, I'm going to be myself. I'm not trying to impress anyone. But with this person, like it would be kind of forcing it for me to bring certain things up. You have to go with that flow. I feel like when it comes to dating, there needs to be an exchange where the both people feel like there was a special connection that united them in some way for the next date to happen. Am I wrong about that? You're correct. Okay. So on that note, how would you foster that? How would you If you're coming into a date, what is in your ammo to lay out on the table to encourage that to happen? Well, you know, listen, it's it's up to both parties. So I do like the fact that you mentioned, hey, I'm going to go on the date vulnerable. Like, I'm not going to, you know, put up airs the whole time and just sit there and talk about the weather or his resume. Right. I am going to break the ice and then I'm going to get real because that's me and hopefully he'll feel comfortable to get real and then we can really start a fun date. That's a great approach to have. But at the end of the day, you can't control what the other person is going to be comfortable with or not. Totally. And at the end of you have to be open. Um, you have to be curious about that person in a genuine way that after two minutes of breaking the ice, you really want to ask interesting questions and not just kind of do the dance of a first date. I love what you just said there, Amy. Yes, yes. There's a difference between interview questions and interesting questions mm-hmm. that make a person really have to shed that layer of things you respond in small talk and actually get a little bit deeper to reveal something more intimate. It's, it absolutely makes sense. And I feel like, you know, chemistry of any date, regardless of everyone's, you know, an individual and their chemistry is different. But what you said earlier, what makes a great date that had a spark different from another date that was like, oh, that was nice, but ho-hum. And it really is because of the connection of something on a deeper level, um, and it could be over anything, but that is required in order to have a really good date where there was chemistry. Absolutely. Do you go like above and beyond, like, do you, or do you have to recommend like a date spot for them too? Like, do you do you basically plan the first date for these people? When like, how does that? Hmm. Good question. I- coordinate when we're talking about clients I coordinate the dates and what I do recommend for anyone who is like no I'm you know I'm planning my own date is you know go somewhere you know fun with a with a good energy with a good vibe because you want to you know start off the date in, in a good way but don't go to the newest spot that just opened or that is you know is going to be like extremely noisy you have to be screaming to hear the other person and don't pick somewhere that's you know free boring and it's crickets 
Yeah. You want also that energy of the date, but you have to kind of be strategic when you're planning those things. Last question is based on my old school views, but also something that happened on the date in the relationship I'm in right now that for some reason was the number one thing I heard about in the reaction when I explained my date. My man and I, when we first went on a date, it was hot and spicy. It was eight hours long. It was amazing, deep, introspective, insightful, all those things that I just painted here. And then he did not kiss me. And I was not only impressed by it, but I was happily offended. So I want to ask you, <laughs> in today's world, when it's all about hooking up, swiping right, grinder, all those things, would you still think it's okay to have sex on the first date? No. I, oh. I thought you were going to say, like, oh, should the guy have kissed me on a first date? Let alone say, no. Oh, okay. No, no. I don't know. Because some people, no. some people love, I, 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 so it's not okay. Because I know a lot of couples Listen, who have also, unless, you know, lasted unless, after having yeah, sex on the first date. But you're, unless you want, if you're female, if you want to take that risk and you're like, I don't really like him anyway, like he's hot, but like, I'm not sure about long-term relate. If you are willing to take that risk of messing it all up by having sex with someone on the first date, then that's a decision you make. But if you remotely go, oh, um, I'm really interested in this person. Like this person has a lot of qualities that could mean something a little more than good God, don't have sex on the first date. I'm not a nun. I'm not preaching to everybody. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with that. It's just, think about that. You two are still getting to know each other. You know, no pun intended, feeling each other out. And what you don't want is that early on. And everyone can deny it, but we all know what I'm talking about. We know it's true that when a, a girl has sex with, a guy too soon, doesn't really know him, it gets so confusing the next day. And then you start going, oh, my God, um, it's 9 a.m. He hasn't texted me. Like, your mind, you know, you're like, I've just been really vulnerable. Like, what's going to happen? What does it mean? And it just messes things up unnecessarily. I got you. Amy, you're amazing. Thank you so much for your time today. So you guys got to follow Amy Laurent Match on Instagram. I love your gram, by the way. It's got so many great, juicy quotes and so fun. Thank so many you. cute, fun pictures. And you have beautiful women on your gram. Like, all your friends are pretty. <laughs> really pretty. Um, but thank you so much for having time with I'll us. tell my friends about that. Yeah. For sure. Where, where else should we follow you? How else can we support your work? And how can we connect with you? Sure. Well, um, I am on this dinosaur of a thing called Facebook. That has Facebook. Um, Twitter is also Amy Laurent Match. And um, I do have a dating book, Eight Weeks to Everlasting, How to Get and Keep the Guy You Really Want. It's Mm. a dating guide for the first eight weeks of when you newly, very first meet someone. Oh. That's so good. Thank you. That's on my Amazon read already. Next. Amy, you are awesome. Thank you so much for spending time with us. And for everybody else, do make sure that you comment below on the post that I'm going to put up with me and Amy. Let me know any further questions you have. Follow Amy on the gram. And, yo, thank you for subscribing. I love you guys. Thank you for tuning in to Listen Hanai. Amy, we love you. (laughs) 